look at USA Today every day. Nor- regular people don't get USA Today. Is there anybody, any like family that gets the USA Today? DJs and hotel room guests. Right. It's uh, it's people at hotels and people at airports that read USA Today. But both of their big front page story, the the big front page story that goes inside deeper, is the one about no immigrants don't commit more crimes than U.S. born people. That's just a load of crap. Um, for a variety of reasons, we'll talk about that later. And their top they're of the fold, a question nobody's asked, right? And their top of the fold story is Trump's moment of truth, how he's really in it this time because Mueller has finally gotten his first. And it's just, it's just not. It's just a real stretch, and that's mm. their top of the fold story. So both of their big stories in the front page are crap. Yeah. Hmm. That's uh, that's something. Do either of those stories have pie charts? I only like the stories with pie charts. <laughs> right. I do like the graphs. Yeah. Favorite pie chart. It's people's favorite pie. Boy, the the uh, the chart they've got down on the left hand side of uh, the front page today this is a heavy one. We talk about this all the time. How we hate the term human trafficking. Yeah, because it's it's like it's like people who have slaves came up with a innocuous sounding name for right. it. I'm going to have young women, sometimes immigrant women, sometimes children, sometimes teenage girls. I'm going to keep them as slaves, and I'm going to face them to endure being raped over and over again for my enrichment but i need to come up with a name that sounds kind of innocent let's see how about human trafficking and then the government and the media everybody decides to go along with that innocuous sounding name it's weird it's slavery slavery remember people are always up in arms about we're the country with slavery we still have it uh usa today an estimated four hundred thousand people live in slavery in the united states according to the usa today chart right four <laughs> Hundred thousand slaves and, and that, in the United States of America currently. That only touches somewhat on the global slave trade, which is bigger than it has ever been. You concerned about slavery? Be concerned about this. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I saw a big billboard the other day on my way home about uh, human trafficking. It's a local crime too, and I thought, wow, that. I, here I am in human traffic driving along the road. I'm not sure that has a lot of impact. That term. Uh, coming up, speaking of that sort of thing, just some shocking stuff from the Catholic Church. Um, currently, I did really, you know, it's funny, uh, during the whole Duncan Hunter thing, Sean and I had a little uh, chat the other day, a little disagreement about uh, politics and all. And, and the long and short of it is you have to hold uh, every politician in, in suspicion, if not contempt, every moment. If, you, if one proves to be honorable otherwise, I'd say take 48 hours off, then go back to viewing them with suspicion, just because there's so much self-interest. In politics, there's so much gain, and people who don't know that are naive, and, and you know, I'm doing my best to inform them about it. But um, anytime there's power about, there's going to be the exploitation of that power. And the stuff about the Catholic Church, this is like a couple of years ago stuff. Don't give me none of your, well, 40 years ago in 1978, there may have been malfeasance. Don't give me that. We've got some pretty good evidence of that coming up in a couple of minutes. Um, we had what like three minutes till the guest comes. I'll, I'll let me hit it, hit you with it real quick. New York City priest said he warned senior Roman Catholic officials about Cardinal Theodore McCarrick, who was suspended last month. He went from the rock star of American Catholicism to now clearly a creep. Cardinal Sean O'Malley of Boston apologized Monday night for for the long and short of it. We're talking about Father O'Malley, it's a great priest name. Um. Uh, I'm sorry, no, O'Malley's the heavyweight who ignored these complaints. Um, you got uh, 
Father Ramsey talking about Cardinal McCarrick. Father Ramsey said he first heard about McCarrick's disturbing behavior as early as 1986 when he was Archbishop of Newark. Quote, I had the impression, uh, impression that virtually everyone knew about it. Archbishop McCarrick was inviting seminarians to his beach house. These are college students. There were five beds and there were six people. Archbishop McCarrick arranged it in such a way that someone would join him in his bed. Wow. I've heard people compare this to the, the Hollywood <laughs> Fang, where everybody knew it was going on, right. and everybody just thought, well, this is the way business is done. Right. It does sound very similar. Ramsey, now a priest in New York City, wrote a letter in June of 2015 to Cardinal O'Malley. June of 2015, who had just been appointed by Pope Francis to lead the commission to protect children and young people from sex abuse. So he wrote a letter to the guy in charge of it. And he wrote, some of these stories were not presented to me as mere rumors, but were told to me by persons directly involved. The response that I got was from his secretary, which said that this does not really fall under our jurisdiction. So, just to summarize, this guy says, hey, everybody's talking about how this guy is sexing up young people. And every people have told me they were involved in it directly. And everybody knows about it. You should know about it. That's really not our uh, our jurisdiction. He that, gets back the letter, and then... Does that sound like a normal response to you? Two nights ago, Cardinal O'Malley said, Oh, that was a mistake. In retrospect, I should have seen that letter precisely because it made assertions about the behavior of an archbishop in the church. See, how are any of these people still in charge of anything? Any of them. And until they aren't, how do you take the Catholic Church seriously at all? Right. In, t- in trying to do something about it. Fire this. everybody. Then he goes on to point out that certainly the Holy Father is very, very aware and committed to zero tolerance. Okay. Okay. No, you're not. Right. You're not committed okay. to zero tolerance. You're, you're far from it. Oof. Uh, well, on a much lighter note, because everything's a lighter note, we're joined by uh, Sherry Preston of ABC News with uh, what struck me as a hilarious story about, well, it's about uh, the spending we do on our pets, but. Uh, the pet Fitbit and how that got started. Sherry, welcome. How are you? I'm good, guys. How are you? Uh, great. Tell us about the uh, the genesis of this uh, invention. Okay, this is this is a story when you first hear it, you go, "Are you kidding me?" And then you realize it really is a good story as far as looking. You know, what is your niche if you're a if you're a sales guy or an entrepreneur? People in the U.S. will spend seventy two billion dollars this year, and that's billion with a B on on pet products. There was a guy in the Czech Republic, okay, and he said, "I, I think I want to get in shape." So he took his miniature bull terrier named Damien out for a run, a three mile run. He got halfway through, and he said, "I'm going to make it through this run, but my dog is not. My dog is about to collapse. He can't make it." So he took his Fitbit, and he put it around his dog's collar, and he said, I want to see how many steps a day my dog takes. <laughs> left, but left he's at dog. work and all? Yeah, okay. He's at work yeah. doing that. And he realized the dog pretty much woke up, walked to the food, ate the food, went back, sat down, you know, slept a little bit. I, re- I recognize that lifestyle. <laughs> I've done that <laughs> That's before. That's sort of like me every Saturday morning, right? <laughs> So he realized, okay, what can I do with this? And he devised a Fitbit for the dog, okay? <laughs> it's called ActaJoy. It comes in a collar, and it's connected to two food bowls that you can use to actually track how much water your dog is taking in. Because if you want to be healthy, you have to take in a lot of water. Sure, and you too can much. tell your dog to drink more water to stay hydrated, right? <laughs> you know? And too much water, though, can mean like kidney disease and things like that. So he not only did that, then he actually, when he figured this out, what he wanted to do, he thought, okay, I want to see how people in the U.S. would use this. So he and his family moved to San Francisco for three months. Wow. 
And they said, we're going to, A, first trying to get funding for this from venture capitalists, and B, we're going to see how people interact with their dogs. He went up and he talked to people, walking dogs. He talked to people who look like they're in their backyards with dogs. He went to dog parks. He went all over the place, and he thought, you know what? I think we can do this. I think we can make this work. And so he's put it out. He's got the help of a, a billionaire in the Czech Republic who has also invested in dog food, who's helping him out and putting this out there. They are expensive. They're not cheap. But again, the, well, what considering one the cost? amount of money we spent on dog food and stuff like that, right. who knows? What? Oh, I, I see it right here in your article. It costs about $300. So I'm highly amused by the fact that this uh, clever fellow is sitting there in the Czech Republic and thinking to himself, let's see, where on earth are there lots and lots of hipsters <laughs> with way too much money that'll spend it on something ridiculous? Wait a minute, San Francisco. Has word, exactly. gotten, has word gotten around the world that Americans will spend any amount of money on their pets, so just come well, up with something? Well, he said that people do walk their dogs differently in the U.S., um, and they do the same, kind of the same way in London, you know, and, 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 but in other cities, they really don't do that. So he knew that this would be a market for the U.S., because when you're talking about hipsters or millennials, a lot of them are putting off having kids, and they have pets. They're putting their money into pets. So he thought, you know, I could also market it this way. I could market it um, by you put one of these on your dog, and, you know, you've got to go to work. Millennials are working. So then I will know if the dog walker is actually walking my dog. Oh, that's an interesting angle. Oh, wait a minute. So if I'm putting a Fitbit on my dog to see how much exercise he's getting, when he has those dreams where he's pretending to run, does that count as steps? <laughs> if he's, if he's moving his legs, that's a great point. Awesome. That's exercise. Sherry Preston of ABC News. Fabulous, Sherry. Great to talk to you. Take care, guys. Have All a good right. one. Thanks. Um, I see this list. It's, it's uh, that, 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 there it is. Uh, GPS trackers, automatic feeders, Ball-throwing machines for dogs to fetch. This is what's happened. The rest of the world has decided America is so rich and crazy, and they don't have kids for some reason, right. that we could sell anything to them if it around their pets. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, somebody somebody was visiting California, like they were in San Diego walking along uh, the, the ocean there and saw all the people pushing dogs in strollers like they were babies, and they thought, I could sell anything to these people. These people will buy anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the self-cleaning Whoa. litter boxes for cats. Sean, you gotta, do you have one of these? Or I, It seems like it wouldn't get a lot. I don't. See, mom, interesting point. I can clarify this. I don't actually own a cat. This seems to be some sort of internet rumor. Not sure how it started. Yeah. I can't Boy. get it to stop. I was briefly uh, a part of Team Cat for a few years when we adopted Tigger the cat. Who I got arrived at our home bloody and bedraggled and starving. Oh. And uh, and my little kids and I were quite concerned. We, we had a wonderful relationship with Tigger for a while. Um, but uh, a self-cleaning litter box would have been great. That's Ooh. the one thing I couldn't deal with cats is yeah. pooing indoors. Both our cats live outside, and uh, I'm fine with that. Mm. Um, here's a here's the way a lot of the rest of the world handles their dogs. You've heard me tell this story before. As oh, I was on a grill in some places. Uh, well, yeah. So, and yeah, you're not going to go there. No. Okay. Um, I was down in. I don't remember the name of the town now. It's been so long since I've traveled around Mexico, but it's uh, way down Oaxaca. Down way south of Oaxaca, because mm. I. Uh, South Oaxaca. I took a flight out of Oaxaca, um, and then I uh, I paid a guy to drive me up to Acapulco along the coast. Mm. I found a guy and offered him money. I could have ended up dead in the middle of nowhere, but this is what I did. Um, but anyway, we were driving through some just incredibly poor towns that it was interesting to see. I wouldn't have seen them in any other way as a tourist, where they're just living practically in huts, yeah. dirt open, roads, open kids houses, and pets yeah. running everywhere. I said, there are dogs everywhere. And this guy said to me, he said, yeah, a couple of times a year, they round up all the stray dogs and feed them to the alligators. 
Well, because they had alligators in the in the swamp area. Kids were listening or enjoying the show. And he laughed, and I said, "Wow!" And he said, "Yeah, not so good for the dogs, but good for the alligators." <laughs> I always remember that. There you go. Man's a wildlife biologist. <laughs> yeah, that's that way they handle it. for the antelope or the lions. So we're buying three hundred dollars Fitbits for our dogs in other countries. They're feeding them to the alligators just to find some place to put them. You ain't nothing but because they don't have food for themselves. You see? Yeah. Wow. See, this is this is the paragraph right before the next chapter of the book. Then the revolution began. <laughs> wow, another article about uh, balloons. They came for our straws and they got those this year. Now the move is on to get rid of balloons. Wow. I'm an anti-balloonist. Uh, among other things, we got, you know, the whole Trump thing continues. We really should play you what um, Professor Dershowitz, former professor of Harvard, had to say about the whole deal. It's pretty interesting. Here, here. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. so worn out by it all um it would be it'd be helpful if we didn't have these explosions of craziness whenever a story dropped like uh manafort and cohen on uh what was it tuesday afternoon i mean front page us today top of the fold susan page who i generally like when i see her on various shows but she said now robert Mueller's special counsel investigation has won its first trial indicted on uh, with campaign chairman paul manafort Financial fraud completely unrelated to Trump. What's that got to do with... So So Mueller, as he's investigating the Russia thing, came across this. It's really vindicated Mueller and the investigation. I don't understand no that. No witch on... I don't, I don't understand that at all. Yeah, that's the problem with special prosecutors. Anyway, um, so the failing New York Times, which tries very <laughs> hard to use as dark tones as possible in this article, still, uh, the, the name of it is... Um, Six takeaways from Michael Cohen's guilty plea. It's actually, it's, um, it's, there's not much in terms of the president. Uh, but this guy had to screw his pants on in the morning. I mean, he was as crooked as they come. He Cohen? Had, Cohen, yeah. Okay. I mean, he, uh, and, and, and so much of it overlaps because he, he was accused of, Violating laws involving his taxi business, his financial dealings with at least three banks. Then they mentioned the whole buying off uh, of skanks. But he said, making matters more arcane, some of these purported crimes overlapped. Mr. Cohen, for instance, was said to have used a fraudulently obtained home equity loan to pay off one of the women, a pornographic film star, Stephanie Clifford, better known as Stormy Daniels, who uh, I was just told will be appearing in the Sacramento area at some point. Why I would publicize that? I have no idea. You going to go? Oh, yeah. Actually, I, th- I think I will. Be awesome. I I'd know. like to hear the story. Yeah, I've missed I missed the San Diego tour. I missed 
Uh, she hasn't come to the Bay Area, has she? I think it'd be worth it. I think it'd be amusing. Anyway, um, so they mentioned uh, that, but uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, but this guy, I don't know if he had any time left in the day to do honest stuff, given the amount of hinkiness he was involved in. You know, one thing I'd like to know, and I, I don't know this, if you're going to be a real estate magnate in New York, or maybe any city, but <laughs> specifically in New York, do you have to have lawyers who are the, uh, willing to do all kinds of crooked stuff well, to, to do it? I don't well, yes. know. I don't know the answer to that. You have to have somebody who's comfortable dealing with uh, organized crime. That's just 100% true. Um, it's the only way to get work done. And mobbed up unions, too. Uh, but, you know, the the stuff, I mean, he was, like, making tens of thousands of dollars brokering French handbags and not disclosing it on his taxes or hundreds of thousands of dollars not on his taxes, et cetera, et cetera. Then they finally get to, well, what does this mean for the president? Well, at this moment, it's hard to say. And then they try to take dark tones, but there isn't much there, uh, which brings us to Alan Dershowitz. Uh, last night, he was talking to Brett Baer. Well, I think he's more correct than his critics are. It's a close question. I'm it's sorry, complicated. We, should, we did need that question. It's a question of whether uh, uh, the president violated campaign finance laws. Well, I think he's more correct than his critics are. It's a close question. It's complicated. The law is clear that a president may contribute to his own campaign. So if the president had paid $280,000 to these two women, even if he had done so, in order to help his campaign, that would be no problem. That's legal. Uh, and if Cohen himself made the contribution, that would be unlawful because he has a limit of $5,200. So the complicated issue is, what if Trump told him to do it, as Cohen says, then Cohen would be acting for Trump as Trump's representative, and the campaign contribution would be lawful as long as the president ultimately paid for it. If it was just an advance on what he was going to pay, that would be completely lawful. So the prosecutor is a little bit in a catch-22. If he believes Cohen that the president directed him to do it, then it's not a crime at all. If he doesn't believe Cohen, then Cohen has committed a crime, but not the president. And the legal pundits who are saying that if Cohen admits to a crime, that makes Trump an unindicted co-conspirator are just wrong as a matter of basic criminal law. That's pretty damned interesting. Mm-hmm. That's pretty damned interesting. So, the, which brings us to Lanny Davis and malpractice, right? Maybe. So, did did Cohen's lawyer get his client? Uh, did Lanny Davis get his client to plead guilty to something that's not a crime? It's entirely possible. Plus, and the Manhattan, why did he do it? The Manhattan District Attorney's Office is really, really political. And they had him dead to rights on all sorts of tax stuff and fraud stuff. But they made this part of the big statement, the campaign finance stuff, even though that was a tiny little part of it. And they made it sound as dark as possible. We'll have to see. I, don't, I, I would be shocked to my core if this turns into any significant problem for Donald J. Trump that specific aspect of it. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, we got Trump on pardoning Manafort. Bad news for former Trump lawyer Michael Cohen and a major pay-per-view sporting event just announced. Coming up minutes from now. You cannot justify pardoning Manafort. Gonna happen. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. to a story Marshall had in his news just the other day. Maybe I gave away this trivia question. What's the biggest crop in America? Also happens to be the biggest crop in the world. 
I did. I would have got this wrong. I would have said wheat. I think it's corn. Corn's the biggest crop in the world and I America. Call it maize. And this corn <laughs> that they discovered in Mexico that is self-fertilizing yes. may be just a complete game-changer, interrupter, change the biggest crop in the world, mm-hmm. turn it upside down. It's a huge deal. Mm. Those crazy Aztecs or whoever mm. developed this right. corn that fertilizes itself. New sitcom on ABC this season. Those crazy, crazy Aztecs. <laughs> Set back in the day. The what Yucatan. The, uh <clears throat> amount of water used, air quality, the financial savings, just just staggering as they do the numbers yep. on it. So is this some sort of bioengineered sciencey thing? Or are they just, the, the, literally, it, it's grown in Mexico. They're not quite sure how it got going, but it's miraculous. That seems to be the case. Wow. Been yeah. around for hundreds of years, yeah. apparently, in Nature. that one area. Yeah. yeah. Let's get to the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump facing questions about whether he would consider pardoning his former campaign chief turned convicted felon Paul Manafort. In the interview with Fox News, the president did. He was asked about the possibility of pardoning Manafort. I would say what he did, some of the charges Mm -hmm. they threw against him, every consultant, every lobbyist in Washington probably does. Wow. There's probably a lot of truth to that. Yes, there is. But isn't that the opposite of draining the swamp? If you go with, well, everybody does it, so I'm going to pardon this guy because we don't want anybody punished. Well, as (laughs) usual with Trump, both are starkly true. Yep. Trump going on to say once again he has great respect for Manafort. Now, I do understand the argument of picking and choosing people that you're going to prosecute, specifically if it's a, this person was involved with Trump, so we're going to go after him. Right, put him in jail for the rest of his life. Uh, Yeah, Uh, it's frustrating. Yeah, because we always use the example of Martha Stewart, but she actually went to jail over things that everybody was doing in her circles. And they picked one person and sent her to jail. Did that slow down that sort of behavior? Probably not. Meanwhile. Yeah, yeah that's rough, man. That's a, yeah. tough to make a, a moral argument here. I mean, Manafort is a flaming crook. Absolutely. And if it sent the message that, hey, you can't do this just completely willy-nilly whenever you want. Yeah. But I don't know if it would have any effect. Meanwhile, a juror in Manafort's trial is now saying just one holdout prevented the jury from convicting him on all charges. I wondered. You had mentioned that before. One juror. I wonder how they got him to go, go along with the eight that they they got guilty verdicts. Interesting. God, don't I don't know, but so it could be. You know, it could be somebody who got their house foreclosed on, and and they didn't ask the right question in the jury screening. This right. person just despises banks. And so he wouldn't let any of the bank fraud charges go through. I don't know that specifically, right. but it could be something like that. God, if everybody else agreed with it and we already got him on eight charges, I'd think, hey, you know, I'm not certain on this, but I'll go with you. Yeah, well, that's why you'd be a poor jury. You're gutless. <laughs> New York's Taxi and Limousine Commission threatening to revoke Michael Cohen's yellow cab medallions. Now that Trump's former lawyers says pled, who? pled guilty to eight felonies, He's been given two weeks to sell the 10 medallions he bought in the 1990s, or the TLC will yank them. What a, cor- what a corrupt industry that is, obviously. The no, whole cab please. thing in New yeah. York. Just completely mobbed up. I mean, antithetical to our entire system of government right. and finance. And free enterprise. In the yeah. biggest and the most important city in the world, and that's the way they've uh, yeah. been getting people around. For decades. Now, the story is Cohen's likely to lose a lot of money in the process with the value of a medallion tanking to just $200,000 in the age of Uber. Tanking to $200,000. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My God. 
Meanwhile, we'll go over to the big board. Cohen's Truth Fund is GoFundMe page up to $137,461. Who are you people that are sending money? That is so inspiring. Lovers of the truth. Lovers of the truth. That poor man getting the help he needed. So if 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 you send money to Michael Cohen's GoFundMe fund, you just put down on the memo part of the check. Right. For the truth. Oh, yeah. yeah. 100%. And I try to use that as a tax write-off, too, yeah. because Can the I write truth this off should because, be yeah, Exactly. Tax you should, you should right. be able to write off, this is for the truth. What right. are you, anti-truth? Did you hear when Lanny Davis was on, I think it was one he was on Fox News talking to Brett Baer, uh, he gave the website to uh, help out his poor, poor client, pay him, so Lanny Davis was <laughs> lobbying for free money for himself. He gave the wrong website. And somebody quick snapped it up and routed it to a pro-Trump website. Hilarious. <laughs> oh, jeez. And that's in one day. $137,000 in one day. God, it's Americans why? helping Americans. Why? All right, my friends. Just announced, just announced, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson will play a one-on-one golf match over Thanksgiving weekend that'll be broadcast on pay-per-view. This is so great. If it's 2002. (laughs) Can we have George Foreman fight Muhammad Ali at this point? Can that be gotten together? The 18-hole match will be played at Shadow Creek in Las Vegas. The winner will get $9 million. Borg and McEnroe are going to get back on the court. You know, that's it's Thanksgiving Day? Yeah. Oh, that's Thanksgiving a, weekend. Oh, weekend. God, yeah. Tiger. If I can get together with a bunch of my golf buddies and we get drunked up yeah. and heckle, you know, that could be fun. But it is so overcooked. Yes. Tiger and Phil? Uh, the biggest sporting yeah. event this weekend is uh, video games. I have to talk about that oh, later. Yeah. $25 million prize. Some hot Dota action. Which I don't, I don't even know what that means. You can say that on the air, Sean. Yeah, <laughs> Tools really? of the Ancients. It's an acronym. Oh. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, The Conscience of the Nation. The Ancients would have taken one look at your scrawny linguini arms <laughs> and whooped your ass. And uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Before the, nerd, before the nerd rage, defense of the Ancients, not <laughs> duels of the Ancients. I'm I sorry, say, fellow nerds. Before the nerd rage. <laughs> there is talk based on this and other championships that have had such giant purses and huge, I mean, gazillions of people tune in. They, they're they going to fill a sports stadium with people paying serious money to watch. Does it become an Olympic event? How do you argue that it's not? Because it's not a sport. Well, neither is girls running around with a stick with a flag on it. But they call that a sport. Mm, grant you that. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Mentioned the big video game tournament that is uh, this weekend. The little gals with the sticks and the flags are prancing about anyway. Okay, They're then, leaping about. Then how about archery or shooting? Is that more... It's more physical than clicking on buttons? Is the I, shooting... Mm. I'd have to take your word for it. I actually have never played any of these video games. I don't have I don't have any idea to what extent it's hand-eye coordination or anything. Oh, it's it's that. You can get carpal tunnel, but bad, too. Yeah, it's the, the physicality of it. 
is nowhere near, but the hand-eye coordination, I think, is... is Would it be closer to chess when we don't have chess in the Olympics? No, because there's no, there's no like, uh, real-time reaction, right? Speed's involved. Yeah, like the the quickness and accuracy of of your clicks. Um, So hand-eye coordination is is something that doesn't exist in chess that exists in these. But from strategic thinking styles, more people More people would watch video games in the Olympics than would watch the girls prancing about with the ribbons. Bearing in mind that the many of the original Olympic sports were all about uh, warriors, more effective warriors, um, if you can justify shooting the old uh, ski and shoot things, pretty athletic, but just the shooting, shooting, if you can justify that, it'd be pretty easy to justify the uh, the esports. You'd get way more people watching it. And oh, yeah, which matters yeah. more than anything. Sure. Right? And in terms of kind of warrior preparation, I could very much see a future in which these are the future drone pilots of various whatever. Although, love them or hate them, Jim Rome came up with the perfect definition of what's a game, what's a sport. If you can gain weight while you're doing it, it's not a sport. Well, they have a lot of things that are games in the Olympics then. Yes. Truly. Yeah, the the biggest obstacle that esports had and it's it's far too late to correct it now was calling it esports because it it, it uh, draws the right, parallel right. to yeah, athleticism. Exactly. Yeah. Where if it was just competitive video gaming, a lot of the kind of knee jerk, hey, it's not a sport, just doesn't even right, exist. Right. Good yep. point. Good point. Uh, a couple of things for you. Uh, it sucks to be famous. Ben Affleck. Here's a picture of him headed off to rehab yesterday. Affleck. Uh, <clears throat> so his his ex-wife, Jennifer Garner's gotten involved. She drove him to rehab yesterday. Still not That's, officially divorced. Maybe they can work that out. That'd be nice because huh. they get a lot of kids and he apparently is a drunk. Affleck. Um, uh, but he's headed to rehab and she drove him through the jack-in-the-box in their Range Rover on the way to the rehab. One more, you know, let me get a greasy burger before they... Try to straighten me out, man. He's I'm looking, not sure it's related. He's looking, he was hungry. He's looking rough in the backseat of the Range Rover, though. Oh, he's in the backseat? He looks like... I've, I've known a few people who did this. I'm not a rehab fan, but um, he looks like a guy who may have thought, you know, one more big drunk before I get... Oh, <laughs> boy. He's looking pretty rough. The, one uh, for the road. <laughs> one to <yeah>. sobriety. <laughs> this is his third time there. Um, in rehab, and the the picture that got his ex involved was a, a paparazzi shot of him. So uh, you can kind of like the the Postmates where they deliver food. There's things where you can just have people run to the store and deliver them to you, just kind of Uber errands or whatever. And there was a guy delivering a box that was clearly just beer and hard alcohol. Oh, and boy. he was like paying right. And there was the the picture of that, and that prompted wow. her to reach out. I Yikes. saw his latest play. Oh, there it is. Oh, Ben. Well, I, ben, saw, ben. I saw his latest playmate girlfriend on, uh, she had some video she put out yesterday, so you know, he's still, he still has girlfriends. Um, different story, so Sean just sent me this. By the way, we're going to talk to Deb Saunders, who's a White House correspondent, uh, about the whole Trump thing and how things are going in the White House coming up here in a little bit. Uh, this is what it's like to work at Snap. Is this Snap where Snapchat is? Or yes. Is this, yeah, Snapchat. So Snap Incorporated in Santa Monica, California. We need to do this here at work. We need to ask the bosses today if we if we do this. They've got a room dedicated to help employees open up. Yes. It's a round room. That. It's a round room lined with potted plants. It's got a sign on the wall that says speak from the heart, another sign on the wall that says listen from the heart. I, I spoke before educating. Snap Inc. is apparently a camera company, not Snapchat. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't really make any difference. It's still in your, you know, modern companies. This is what they're doing. Um 
So you got this room with plants. Speak from the heart. Listen from the heart. Is that where we were? Yeah. And then the employees <laughs> Sean, go in there. I'd, I'd like to ask you to listen from the heart to Jack. Employees show Jack, up, go ahead. Employees show up in this room in, a, in groups of about a dozen, sit cross-legged on black cushions. Well, there's where I'm out. I can't sit Indian style. It just it makes my knees hurt. I got um, cortisone shots in both my hips yesterday. How'd I go? I wouldn't want to do it all the time. You feel better? <laughs> uh, it's starting to. It takes mm-hmm. a while. Yeah. So you, you sit there, cross-legged. There are certain parts of your body your body doesn't want a needle jabbed into. <laughs> it seems really annoyed. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy. Uh, and then you take turns with what they call the talking piece. It's a heart-shaped purple geode that gives the bearer the right to confidentially share deep thoughts with other employees. All right, I think we're getting ready, ready to start here. Um, does anybody see the heart-shaped geode? <laughs> Where's the heart? Everybody look for the heart. Check under your beanbag chairs. I have it. <laughs> oh, th- thanks, Jim. Thank you. Okay. I'd like to speak openly now. I think Jenny sucks at her job. <laughs> That's not what? what we're looking for here. Jenny, you need to listen openly. <laughs> She's worthless. She's in the room. I've had to work twice as hard ever since she got hired. He has a point. There isn't thing, anything you couldn't do with a brick and a rope that you could do with Jenny. <laughs> Who does she have pictures of doing what that she even works here? No, this All right, Jenny. This isn't, like what, to reply? this isn't what this exercise is for. <laughs> Attacking coworkers. It's not what we're looking for. I've lost the feeling in my lower legs. Can I stand up? No, really important we sit cross-legged on, <laughs> on the, the beanbag chairs. And I need to remind you to wait for the heart-shaped geode before you speak, Joe. <laughs> I'm guessing they take off their shoes. God, I hate adults sitting around in socks. I always <laughs> found that weird. Awesome. Um, uh, this is what they call the council there at work. It's a sort of new age corporate retreat that uses a technique um, where you uh, you share things and hopefully it makes you all you know feel better about each other and work harder or something. You know, I Helps could productivity. I, I, I speak could... from the heart. Listen from the heart. Yeah. Okay. All right. We've listened from the heart for several minutes now. Um, I could see if there is a. And it helps in families, helps in, 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 in marriages sometimes, helps with kids. If you can build an atmosphere where the stuff that's kind of been bothering you, you, you bring it up without making it a big deal. You know, you just say, listen, I don't, I don't mean to be a pain in the butt, but it really helped me out if blah, blah, blah. Now, if you can get that sort of thing going, I think that's healthy. I'm not sure you need a heart-shaped geode beanbag chairs and, and potted plants around the room, but... <laughs> I'm not against any of those things. Well, I'm against the beanbag chairs. Can I sit in a grown-up chair, please? <laughs> I'm not a 14-year-old girl. Chair with legs, please. My legs do not bend that way. No, they do not. So what am I supposed to do here? I don't know. Maybe that's coming to a workplace near you. Yeah. I wonder if yeah. it's mandatory. If if it, if y'all want to do that, that's fine. But don't make me go sit in there. Can I just keep working, please? <laughs> I got S I got to do before I go home. Jenny's not doing it. Somebody's got to. <laughs> right? Right? So yesterday we talked to you about the uh, California-based health um, information service, uh, Healthline, that is uh, telling you that you must not use the term VJJ anymore because that is discriminatory and hurtful to, and I would have to read you the whole thing to understand how closely there's how, you know, close they're slicing this with transgender people who have that, but don't, cause they identify as a male. They don't want to call it that. And so they therefore allegedly don't get treatment for gonorrhea or something like that. I find that very hard to believe that that's a problem, but yeah. 
popular health information uh, scientists started using the word front hole instead of vagina. Are you sure this is not? Oh, it's true. You're not being jerked around somehow? No, no, no. Jerked around by my front thing. Um, and uh, this uh, piece by one Matt Walsh on Daily I'm, Wire. Because if I'm going to make up a term, it ain't going to be that. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Uh, Matt Walsh says, I'll especially make sure to remember the new terminology where I'm, when I'm wearing my front hole hat at the Women's March next year, but I fear this change is not going off. There are many other parts of the human body, and almost all of them could be a source of grave offense to someone. Eventually, every whole appendage and organ will need to be renamed. To get the ball rolling, I have come up with new names for five of the most archaic anatomical features. Number one, looky holes. Located just above the talk pocket and the smell stick, and right in between the hair flaps, the looky holes are an important. The looky holes are an important aspect of the human body for those who identify as having vision. Shut your talk pocket. But sight-challenged individuals have long felt excluded by the divisive and probably racist term "eyes." Uh, we'll have to change several things. For instance, the classic "I only have eyes for you." We'll change to "I only have looky holes for you." <laughs> Number two, side danglers. In more savage times, we would use the word arms to describe our side danglers, but arms has always been uh, troubling, especially as it it has become associated with guns. Hmm. Then there are pointy graspers. Who among us hasn't been reduced to tears at the word finger? Finger is an aggressive device. It's irrevocably irrevocably tied to giving the finger, etc., etc. That's pretty good mockery right there. That's some good solid mockery. Your smelling stick? Is that what it was? It's in the hole! Your lucky hole, your ear flaps. <laughs> White House correspondent Deb Saunders talking about the president and uh, how all that's going on the Armstrong and Getty Show.